There's a reason why we're playing this song in America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program. Heard on listeners sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web at NachumSingle.com and the NachumSingle Network, and of course, on the beloved NSN app. Aishas Chayel from Regesh, volume number seven. Why? Well, if you've been listening to how we've been promoting our uh, third-hour guest this morning here at JM and the AM, I think you know the answer. Rabbi Nachman Seltzer is with us live via telephone. The brand-new book is Zera Shimshon Aishas Chayel. Rabbi Seltzer, of course, is the author of 40 books. 29 of 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 which of the images appear on the back of this brand new one, which is unbelievable. Um, he is a popular international speaker. He is uh, teaching in numerous post-high school programs for American students in Israel. He is the author of uh, 40 books, and the brand new one is called Zera Shimshon Aisha Schail, the Sefer, the Stories, the Skula, with selections from Sefer Zera Shimshon, the classic Sefer by the 18th century rover of Shimshon Chaim Nachmani. Rabbi Nachman Seltzer, as usual, a pleasure and honor to welcome you to JM in the AM. And it's a pleasure and honor to be back with you. I appreciate that very much. Uh, I mean, this is amazing. Uh, we got we on, For this conversation, we have to start a little bit more from scratch than we usually do. Um, first, you have to tell the audience, what is Zara Shimshon? That's a good question. So by now, I think the audience really should know, because like 30,000 people bought the first two uh, stories. So right. the audience, I'm sure a lot of the audience knows. At art school, we partnered. I was like, I merited to make a shidduch between art school and Zara Shimshon people right. so that they could actually translate the entire safer that 10 volume set word for word like to do with the shas. So Zara Shimshon really has become a, a household phenomenon all over the world. And many, many people tell me they learn it every Friday night at Shabbos morning. They take my book, which is in English. But it all started back in 2007, I think, when a Friday night I was outside of the shul in Ramat Shemesh. A friend of mine told me a story about his father-in-law who was sick, and uh, a man who runs a farm store in Manchester recommends that he learn this safe as Shimshi He said it's a segula, like it is there. Shimshi writes, those who learn my Torah will see children, and children's children at home is filled with everything good and wealth and honor. That's what he writes in his introduction to Zer Shimshi. So the farm seller recommended to this man to, to buy the safe and learn it, and he did. And Baruch Hashem, he, he, there was a tremendous uh, Yeshua. And so I wrote this story in Amadiyah, and I never dreamed, you know, what was going to happen. <laughs> from all over the world, people are reaching out to me, like, where do we get the safer? Now, it turns out the safer was out of print. It was very hard to get. You found a few dusty copies on some, some, some shelves, you know, here and there. But it was out of print. And, but eventually, this led to the safer being reprinted. Rabbi Yaman Pashkiz was a big key player here from Williamsburg. And Rabbi Shaul Zilberg and Bechemish, and they really went. They went all out. They pushed that safe and they reprinted it. And when they came to me and they said, "Could you write another?" Rabbi Benjamin, uh, you know, Paskis came and said, "Could you write an article in English about the different stories that came about the people learned their Shimshon?" And I did. And then I wrote another follow-up piece. And then they came to me and they said, "Could you write a safer in English?" And I was like, "Oh, that's a big project." And they bothered me for a few years till I gave in. And eventually, that was the first one. It was like 650 pages. It had pieces of Torah translated on every parasha with stories and stories of people who learned as their Shimshon and saw Yeshua. And, that, and then we did another one. And Baruch Hashem, today, 
it's a huge, huge thing, Baruch Hashem. And now we just came out with, I love this because it's so beautiful. It's, it's such a special thing. The Zereshim wrote a parish on, on Eishas Chayel, and Pashas told us. And, and it was put out by the Zereshim Foundation in a separate place. I took that, I translated that. And you have it with all the stories, the same format, but it's just about Eishas Chayel. It's a really beautiful safe. Any person who wants to give his wife a meaningful gift, you know, diamonds is nice, but the Zereshim Shatayra, oh, that's I, a whole different level. I, I think after reading it that it may be better for the husbands than the wives, but okay. <laughs> okay. Well, if it's better for the husband, then it's good for the wife. What does the wife want more than anything? A hundred percent. We're recommending it to everybody of all backgrounds, both male and female. How do you like that? Uh, Rabbi Nachman Seltzer. I, think that's great. Nachum, I don't hear you so well. Is there any way we could make the connection a little better? Oh, wow. I'll try my best. Is this any better? A little better, yeah. Um, what is yeah. the what is the best English translation of Segula? Segula? Yeah. What, what would you call it, Segula in English? I'm having it's not an amulet because that would be. A, I'm having trouble. I'm, I'm trying, especially for those in the audience who seriously have not, you know, are not familiar with the word. A, a school, I, I, would it be a merit that if you do something, it is a school, you will merit something, or there's a, a, a guarantee of something? Would that be the, the best way we it's could not do it? a guarantee. I wouldn't call it a guarantee. I would call it like a recommendation, a spiritual recommendation, which has seen success. That if you follow this, there's a good chance Something good is going to happen to you. I like that spiritual recommendation. Now, now, frankly, um, and, and, and I'm not trying to be, you know, the cynic out there, especially when it comes to schoolers. I'm trying to, you know, get to the get to the bottom of this. There are so many. I mean, if you look in Jewish history, there are many suggestions. If you visit here, if you do this, if you learn this, if you follow my this, then you will, you know, then you're guaranteed again or close to guaranteed that you'll have success in the area of having children, Parnassa, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right? It's not, it's not a, a, an unusual formula in Jewish history. How is it that the, the Zerah Shimshon has gotten to this point where people literally, again, not a criticism, uh, but, but people literally feel that if they pick up the Safer and make it a part of their regular routine, they're going to have great success in whatever it is that they're praying for or hoping for. Uh, I need a short answer. I'll give you a long answer or a short answer. The short answer is because it actually happens. It works. Yeah, but there are people, including some Torah giants, who might recommend that when the person goes ahead and turns their attention to more Torah study in general or more prayer in general, that that's really what becomes the impetus for God answering you know, their prayers the way they want. How is it that the that this specific safer that we rely on the on the on the suggestion and the words of this specific author to you know in fact be a real schooler. I know I'm asking you, I'm asking you, it sounds like I'm asking you for a proof <laughs> that, this, that this works and it specifically works for this reason. But you have to admit, when it comes to Zara Shimshon, as has been the case in other aspects of schoolers, of, of, of making an attempt to, uh, uh, to fulfill one's wishes and one's prayers, it's gotten to a different level than simply, you know, some of the other things that people do in order to make something happen. Right. So you're bringing up a real point. I'll, 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 I'll um, you know, take it a little further. The truth is, when we, by the first safer that came out, we, we really were struggling with this because Art School and myself, I'm not a pusher of Segulas in general. 
Uh, that's the that's the bottom line. You won't find me. I, I never walk around like in my books. You don't find me pushing school as a general. You're, but you're not sending. Just, you're not sending people to Amuka, huh? No, no, it's not. It's not. Listen, I you know, I don't write. I don't even write those kind of stories. Really, I don't look for that. I'm much more of a practical kind of person myself. But in this particular, in this, how did we we, we presented it like this? We, we spoke about this a lot, Archdor, and and the idea is that basically here's a Talmud Chacham who died without children. He had a son, and the son passed away in his lifetime. And he wrote two svarim, Zerah Shimshin, right, which are the children of Shimshin, and right. Tolva Shimshin. Again, another uh, meaning, and he's basically saying to Kaiso, I don't have children to carry on my name. I have my svarim on my children. Will you please do me a favor, a really chesachal emeth in a sense, and learn my Torah so that I have merit to Shemayim because I don't have children to do this. And in return, I will do my best to give you what you need. So I say like this, don't learn it for the school. Don't do that. Learn it because it's good Torah. Learn it because a great rabbi and scholar asked you to do him a favor. And if the segula works, great, why not? But don't, that shouldn't be the reason that you're learning the faith. You learn the faith because if you learn it, you'll see the Torah is wonderful. People, as my editor likes to say, Jimmy Zakon, she likes to say they come for the school and they stay for the Torah. <laughs> That's great. Phenomenal approach. Now, I want to tell Rabbi, you something. Uh, yeah. You know, a person came to my door not long ago. One of the people collected the duck, and he says he starts crying to me that his son was. It was very, very dangerous the situation, and and he was really scared. He was they're waiting for the the trunk of test, and they're very, very scared that they saw things in his, in his bone marrow, and they were very, very scared, and they're waiting for now for the, the results of other big tests, and he was, he was crying. He was literally, Malcolm, he was crying. Yeah, who me. wouldn't be? Right? And, I, and I felt very bad for him. Right. And I said, listen, I, you know, I, I gave him a donation, and I said, listen, I wanted, I'm going to give you something now. Did you ever hear of the Safe and Zerashushan? And he heard of it. And I said, here, yeah, I took off my shelf one of the volumes of, of the parish that we were at, and I said, I want you to start learning the Safer. This happened to me a few months ago. Uh, you know, not to someone else. I want you to learn the safer. Take it home, learn the safer, learn it twice a week. And he said, okay. He called me up a few weeks ago, and he said he was, he was like shining through the phone line. He's like, I have to tell you that the test came back, and my son is completely healed against all odds. He said, we're, we're over the moon with happiness. because It was a miracle. He told me, it's my wish a miracle. My son is completely healed. The test came back completely clear. This happened to me just a few weeks ago. I, I can just tell you. I didn't even put it in the safer because it was already written. Wow. I hear you. I, I, I think you have the right approach, and um, and uh, it's not a bad idea to encourage people to you know to, to take a, on a course of study in anything having to do with Torah, and this is certainly well worth it. All right, Nachman Seltzer is with us. Zera Shimshon Before we get into the uh, heart of the book, and I ask you about some of the psukim that are analyzed, um, do, do you? Isn't there something refreshing, maybe not the right word, but you're an author. You're somebody who, you know, I'm sure not only writes, but reads books and svarim as well. And there's, there are always traditional traditional roots when it comes to uh, uh, R-O-U-T-E-S, when it comes to um, uh, svarim books, etc. Obviously, Parsha of the Week is one, you know, very traditional root, and there are many, many uh, books about Parsha's. Uh, different parshios. I mean, Haggadah Shal Pesach. Obviously, there are people with uh, who, who don't have large svarim collections who have hundreds of Haggadahs. But there are certain parts of our tradition that seem to not get that type of attention. And I would argue that some of these zmiros, Eishes Chayil, 
and other things that we do on a regular basis, right? Just like the Parsha of the Week, we're saying Aishas Chayil every week as well. Do not get that attention. Now it seems that that more and more uh, these types of what more what, what some people would call obscure aspects of our tradition are in fact getting the same attention in terms of interpretation, explanation, etc. I think Zmiros and Aishas Chayil are a good example of that. Did are you feeling, or is it just a coincidence that 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 now more and more people are paying attention to these types of uh, of, of parts of our tradition? I think you just stumbled onto the truth, and I think that there is that that you know that the, we've just run out of things to write about. <laughs> so now we're looking, huh? we're looking and searching for things to analyze. We're like, okay, what are we going to next over here? They wrote the Rambam, the Rambam, the Sochanat, the Ibn Ezra. You know, it's all been done. What am I going to do? How am I going to leave my mark on the Jewish literary world? Okay, here I come. What am I going to do? You know, so at some point, it's like there's so many people today writing for him. Right. But I think it's an even larger point that this is these these are things that we say on a regular basis. I think the comparison, frankly, to Parsha Shavua is somewhat of a valid comparison. We are these these are things that we don't only say on a regular basis. We're saying it with everybody in our family at the Shabbos table, men and women. You know, like it's 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 a completely immersive family experience on a regular basis. And it seems that over the years, it may have gotten less attention than other areas. I just think it's interesting. Well, there's an answer for that. And the reason is, if you look at the words, a lot of times, the things which are more esoteric, they're hard to understand, they're poetry, and it takes a lot of work. So the average person, he says, oh, what am I going to write a safer on? So Chumash, I grew up with, I know Chumash, you can learn Chumash as a five-year-old, you can learn Chumash as a nine-year-old. So let me, let me put in my tradition when it comes to Chumash, which is why, at the end of the day, when a person writes a safer Chumash, it's hard to sell it because there's so many farm out there. On the other hand, it's also hard to sell a safer. The niche of the safer is very small. But, but the reason why people naturally turn to Chumash is because they understand it on, much, on, a much, on a much simpler level. Understand it. They're starting from a place where they don't have to first put in a tremendous amount of time to understand what the author is saying. Imagine you wrote a safer on Piyutim or Yitzray. Right, right. You don't Good. understand what the right. person's saying. Right. What does Rabbi Lezar Khalir say? You have to start putting aside months of work just to understand what the author right. means. That's why, uh, that's why you have to admire those who write about kinnis and slichus and, as you say, piyutim, etc., etc. Good point. It's a very good point. Yeah, um, I admire them. Yeah, but like, you know, nothing that goes against, I wouldn't do that. I'll tell, I'll tell you why. My philosophy is, when it comes to writing books, I, look, I write books that I feel are going are to be, the, the mass audience is going to right. want to read it. Right, that's I why. I try that, to reach as many people as possible. That's why you have 40 of them. <laughs> Because of that philosophy, frankly, it's it's certainly one of the aspects. Mo, but I get what you're saying, 100. percent Right, Nachman Seltzer is with us. Did you feel it, by the way, when you were doing Aishas Chayil? Right, when you're when you're spending your days and nights immersed in Aishas Chayil, did did you get that feeling that you're exploring avenues that that were not nearly explored as often by others in the past? Yes, 100. percent And I tell you, I, like like you said, and it's a shame because. You know, at the end of the day, this is a, a pillar. This should be a pillar of Jewish literature because what's more important than our lives? Yeah, 100%. I get it. It's a song we sing every Friday night to glorify the Jewish woman. Yeah. The Jewish woman is the house, the home, Gemara says, 
Our wives are our home. We, we want to thank them for everything they do. Our wives are our best friend. I dedicated a book to my wife, actually, if you, read, if you open it up. Yep, Bottom that. line is yeah. that this is about our wives. You want to this is a beautiful parish. And if you read it, you'll see the Zerah Shimshon. It's as if we wrote it today almost. It's very relevant yeah. to today. He talks about business. He talks about real estate. He talks about, like, uh, you know, what women do today. Not like when they used to not be working. He, he, it's very interesting how he taps into modern-day, you know, flight attendants. Nothing. <laughs> you know it. what I mean? Yes. <laughs> those, who have, those who have 20, 22 jobs. I get it. <laughs> it's very interesting. He's talking about real estate. He wrote this 250 years ago, and he's talking about a woman who's in real estate. And what should she do if she's very successful? Should she continue? How should they invest the money? And if the man and the wife have a disagreement, how to invest the money? He's really giving a lot of respect to the woman. And he's, he's saying, you listen to your wife, she's very smart. Don't think you're the business mind and she's not. Yeah. It's very interesting. Yeah, you know, it, it goes through every step of Asia's Kyle to another part of the house. Yeah. It, as if he wrote it. In 2022, it's just interesting because you have to observe. And now, you know, I've gotten to a certain age where I think I can safely make this observation. You know, those of us, those of us men who consider ourselves, you know, decent husbands, good fathers, etc., and obviously paying a lot of attention to our children, etc. No matter how hard we work at it, and no matter how successful we are at it, the 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 tradition, the heritage of the Jewish home and the next generation, it all stems from the uh, from the Aishas Chayil. It all stems from the from the Jewish wife and mother, and uh, it, it, and it's those efforts that have to be lauded. It's you know it's 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 not just um, lip service when we say she's the queen or she's the key or she's the central part or she's the uh, you know the the main reason why there's a Jewish future in the home. It, you know I think we men could work as hard as possible without that solid, incredible input of the uh, of the wife and mother. It's we, we would not be celebrating the same type of Jewish continuity. That's, there's no question. I would yeah. not say, I would think it's a Torah of Yichot, Torah That means the woman's giving the Torah to the children. Yeah. It's a very interesting thing. You would think it's the opposite. I tell my students all the time, it's like, you know, I tell like, who's more important to a child, a mother or a father? Of course, a father's important. You know, daddy's girl, right? You have your daughters yeah. and daddy's girls, right? Yeah. Close. And that's for sure. But a house without a mother, and they all they always say to me, they all admit, like, the mother, the mother is more important. Again, in a certain sense, yeah. a certain level, of course, of course, we need both, but there's something about the mother that you, and that's why it's sad to me today in our world where we can think of, you know, children being raised without a mother. It's, it makes me sad because the child's missing something integral to, to, to life. Yep, 100%. All right, we can't do every single pasuk. We can't do every single passage of Zerah Shimshon and Eishes Chayel, but there are a couple that I want to... I mean, those who've heard me before speak about Eishes Chayel on the air know that there's one specific pasuk because of a a special connection to it that I have through my father uh, that I always love to analyze and always like to discuss, and that's Oz Vahadar Levushav Atishchak Liyamacharon. Strength and majesty are her garments. She joyfully awaits the last day. I've I've mentioned on the air many times that my father leans more to the interpretation that she laughs regarding the final days and some people who, who speak about Aishas Chayel bring that up and others do not I was so happy to see that you actually have in the book a reference to just that and the story that you tell in regard to that is just remarkable can you Rabbi Seltzer just expound a drop on that Pusuk for us 
Well, so I'll, I'll go into what you said about we you know a yep. laughing now. That's the second part of the pasuk. Yep. She she joyfully awaits the last day. And as Eretz Yisrael explained this, and it's a really beautiful thing. He says that in this world, the Eretz Yisrael has a certain amount of suffering because at the end, because for sure, back in time, and even today, at a certain level, she's under the authority of a father, and she's also under the authority of a husband, right? Halakhically, her money belongs to husband, right. but also because for sure, in the past. Women were definitely under the authority of the father and the husband. And she also suffers, he says, because she's not obligated in all the mitzvahs, right? Yep. And that her primary reward comes from the fact that she has a partner who is obligated to keep all the mitzvahs. Right. But then he says, let's understand this. That's just in this world, in Olam Hazer. Well, what happens after she passes on? After she passes on, the Eishas Chayal has the last laugh. Why? Because she will not come down as a Gilgal. I tell us to my students a lot. Men come back as Gugul, according to Kabbalah. Men are the primary people who come back as Gugulim, being reincarnated, but women not. And the reason men find themselves being sent back to this world again and again is because they're obligated all the mitzvahs. And if they don't do it properly, they get it, if they get it wrong, they're sent back again. So while she may be sad and all the mazer, because maybe she's not obligated all the mitzvahs and she's under other people's authority, she has the last laugh in all the mazer. Because then she comes to the end of her journey. She receives her reward. She doesn't have to come back down to the world in a Gilgal. For the Aishas Chayil, the final day is the final day. She finishes her job. She doesn't have to come back. She goes to her, to her final resting, resting place. And this is all brought down in Sefer al and written by Rukhaya Vital. And this is the Zerashim she brings down to understand what it means to laugh. When do you laugh? You laugh, you're happy. Why are you happy? Because you don't have to come back. Your journey's over. Of course, she's, she's very happy. And, and for us, Nachum, you know, we're coming back down again. We, we have to get it right again. And Nachum says, when you come to Shemayim on Sunday the 20, you have to insist not to come down as a good guy. It looks very good because nobody wants to go to Adam, so they give you a chance. You want to come back as a good guy, you say, you know what? I'm going to go with the good guy. He says, don't do that. It's, much, it's a big, big, big sakana to come as a good because you don't know what's, what your life is going to be next time. So you, but the woman doesn't have to get into that. She doesn't have to make that choice. Because she didn't have to do those mitzvahs, therefore she had she gets the schar of all those mitzvahs, and now she can have that last lap as she goes mitanedin. I I think it's brilliant. I think it's absolutely brilliant. And the uh, the fear that one has about the final days, the fact that she, as a woman, can laugh about the final days is just unbelievable. I think it's hard, frankly, for us men to even understand it. But I think you've given a good perspective that uh, that the, the, the fear that one has, especially when one is obligated in the mitzvahs and wants to be as perfect as possible or as close to perfect as possible in that area, um, she has a different role or a, a slightly different role. And, uh, and when it comes to, again, those final days, she has the ability, uh, or the right, uh, to look at it with more joy and more laughter than the men do. I, I think it's just absolutely brilliant. By the way, can you tell, can you, t- I think it's in that chapter. Can you tell the uh, January jolt story, which I wasn't even familiar with this. I, I think it's such a, I think it's such an inspiring tale about, you know, the potential that we have and the regrets that one could have, God forbid. Nachum, you ask, I say, okay? <laughs> okay, so there's a store in Lakewood called Judaica Plaza, and they came up with a great marketing idea, because during the month of January, there's not a lot of business, because I guess people are home. It's yeah, cold outside. and it's post-Hanukkah. Post so they came up with a great idea. Right. 
you know, for Nachum Siegel, every day is a great day because everyone listens to Nachum Siegel every day because they don't have to leave their house. You know, they're the warmth of their car, they're the warmth of their house. They always listen to Nachum. But, you know, if you have a store, you got to bring people to your store. So what right. do you do? So they sent out a scratch-off card, and the scratch-off card has a certain a discount ranging from 10% to 100% of the purchase you made that day. And you only find out what discount you're going to get when you ring up the purchases. Now, you might be lucky. You might end up getting, you might end up buying chosen shots because you got a great discount, but you might get a 10% discount. So it's like the luck of the draw. Some people get a 15% discount, some people get a 50% discount, and some people, not very often, but once in a while, Jadeka Plaza gives a person a 100% discount. So what happened? This guy tells me I had to go buy some things, and I figured I'm going to go there in January because I'll, you know, hopefully I'll get a good discount. Right. Now, when I got to the store, he said, I find out the storm I was looking for, they, they were out of them, but I had to make some other purchases. And when I rank on my purchases, the, the, the cashier is so pumped, and the cashier tells me, you have a 100% discount. Everybody starts clapping, <laughs> and um, now it happens to be that the, the store has a $500 limit in place for that reason. Right. And, but, and my Billy said, I was at $146. Now, instead of being happy... I, very human-like, suddenly got that you could have gotten more of Mr. Boat feeling. Yep. Yep. And it ate me up, he says. Yep. Right? How could it be I was bothered I, I, that, that I missed this thing? I felt like I chose the lottery lottery numbers for a ticket and chased it last second. Yep. Uh, I could have got a billion dollars instead. I, I, so he was very upset about it. <laughs> yep. And, um... <laughs> It's very funny, you know? Now, Lama, 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 Lama to what is this compared? Yeah. You wrote so it. He says. Yeah, go ahead. Right. So he said, when he comes to Shemayim after 120 years, they show us all the missions we could have done, yep. all the Torah we could have learned, yep. all the chutzim we could have had, and the tickets already been swiped. There's no going back. There's nothing to do. Can you imagine uh, uh, the mental anguish of Arnish Shamas uh, when they realize what they missed? Oh, I'll tell you. So the guy said, I hope by sharing my story with you, if you tell everyone, right, and my realization can wake us up to become better years in our, in our personal lives because we don't want to miss that. We don't want to get there to the, to the final cashier over there, the big day, and the big cashier swipes our ticket and says, <laughs> you know, and that's what I always say. Like, you know, imagine I would have been a lawyer, Nachum. Yep. And I would have come up to Shemaya and would have said to me, what, what, what do you mean a lawyer? What about Incredible? What about Living Legends? What about Sarah Simpson? What about the Redison? Dude, you were in the wrong job. You have no idea the pachad that I have. You have no idea how, how gripping this is. Just the thought of what you're saying, I'm telling you, it's just unbelievable. And the more schusim or the more mitzvahs we do, by the way, remember, the more the woman can joyfully look at her final days. Uh, so that, and that, I do want to tell you, Malcolm, just to make you feel a little better, okay? Yeah. You ready? Yeah. I think that I send, send everybody the opportunities that are right for them. So if you're what you are, you're like, you know, the best radio show host and MC and media personality, that is clearly what Hashem wanted you because he keeps on sending you those type of opportunities. And so obviously you're doing what on Hashem. This is what he wants. He wants you to spread Torah and chesed and, and, and happy optimism to Jewish people. That's what he wants from you. So you really are great. I say, you know, in Shemayim, they probably need, you know, people to do this radio heaven. Also needs people up there 
say, you know, you'll listen to the JM and the AM up at Shemayim this morning, the Malachim, you know, we need that also. Clearly, Hashem, you're doing what Hashem wants. I appreciate that very much. Let's hope he uh, allows me to do it for a lot longer. <laughs> and that, and that'll Amen, be... 120. Uh, Amen. And then we'll be concerned about it. a lot of simchas along the way. Amen. A lot of Amen. Amen. Uh, we go to Noda uh, Bashar Bala. I never even thought of this. So you know, I say this every week, and again, as you heard me say, there's a certain connection I feel to Hesha's Chayel in general and some of its passages, but I never thought of this one. Noda Bashar Bala. Her husband is known in the councils, it's written here, when he sits with the elders of the land. I mean, you indicate here, and I assume it's a Zerah Shimshon, actually, who's asking the question, uh, that that it's a little bit of an unusual reference. Um, why the word Aretz? Couldn't the Aishas Hiles husband sit and learn Torah with this Canaan anywhere in the world? And the second question you write here on page 157, why is her husband being known in the councils contingent on the idea of sitting with Ziknei Aretz? Could you expound on that one for us a drop? Yeah, sure, sure. So he quotes a Pasuk, and he brings a Gemara in Yuma with a Pasuk from Tehillim. Yerat Hashem Ta'ira Medes The fear of Hashem is pure, enduring forever. And he says, Rav Nechunya, or it is in the Gemara, it says, Rechanina, explains the Pasuk is referring to a person who studies Torah in Tahara, in purity. If you study Torah in Tahara, a person is able to make the Torah very familiar to him, and he won't forget it. It's a, it's a I would say, a Segulonachim. To, to, to not forgetting your Torah is to learn it in purity. And how does a person come to learn Torah in purity? And here's where the wife comes in to getting married, learning Torah. Once he's married, he has pure thoughts, and his Torah is much steadier. Right. And the Gemara discusses the question, what do you do, marriage first or learning first? Right. And uh, Rabbi Yudha said, name is more of the match of marrying and then learn Torah. And Rabbi Yudha doesn't understand this. He says, how is, here's getting married to so learn Torah in purity, but how's he going to be able to learn? Now he has to take care of his family. He has to be his financial obligation. And then the Gemara explains it depends where the Chassam lives. That people who live in Arthur they conduct themselves one way, and people who live in Babel do things another way. And Rashi explained that people who live in Babel would travel from their homes to go study Torah and Arthur kind of what is still done today. And since they are away from their homes, and their wives move back into their parents' home, they don't have financial responsibility so they can get married and go learn Torah with a pure mind, and they don't have to worry about money. But the people living in Eretz Yisrael are learning closer to home. And the moment they marry, they have this brand new financial responsibility. And now they have to study first and then get married. Right. So let's go back to our original question. Yep. Eretz Chayel brings her own jewelry. She does, she does well. She makes money. She buys her own jewelry. And she says in the past, she made herself bedspreads. Just like she makes her own bedspreads, she makes her own jewelry. She doesn't say to her husband, I want you to go out and buy me and make sure you get me diamonds. Even though, according to the Ksuba, he needs to get her jewelry. But the Eishas Chayel, and this is the Zerah Shemesh's respect for the Eishas Chayel, it's beautiful, it comes out on every page. He says the Eishas Chayel is so self-sufficient and so undemanding that he, she wants, what does she want? She wants her husband to marry and learn Torah with a clear mind. That's what she wants. And when a person learns Torah in a pure manner, it remains with him forever. And he will be known in the councils. That goes back to the first question that right. you asked. Yep. He's known in the councils, and that's no matter where he lives. If a person is a big time Chacham, everyone in the world knows the most of team was the God of in America, but at Eretzisrael, they respected him no less. Rebel Yasser was the place of Adar in Eretzisrael, but in America, they respected him no less. When a person's great Tamar Chacham, then he's known in the councils, and that's all over the world. It doesn't matter if he leaves his home, or he stays home, wherever he goes in Eretzisrael. If he learns without distraction, Right? And now once he gets married, he can learn without 
he can learn impurity since he's already married. And since his wife is making sure that he's not burdened by financial worries because she does our best to help him learn. So then he says, and that's fine when it comes to jewelry and clothing. But what about the food they will need? You know, what about that? That's a real financial obligation. Of course, she'll say, you know what? Tzaddik, I don't need diamonds. I don't need jewelry. I don't need gold. But what about food? If he has to make sure that there's a food, especially if they have 10 kids, what about that? How can he concentrate on his learning? So the next public tells us she makes a cloak to sell and delivers a belt to the peddler. The Ancient Sky finds ways to make money. And we see this today. So many Ancient Sky all over, all over the world. And they're very good at it, Nachum. They make money. Why? Because they want the husband to learn to go in the best and most effective way. So I call the chapter, Wife and Lakewood, Husband and Brisk. You know, it's like, in two different places. But the fact is, but the idea is that, that, you know, the wife, all she wants in many, many marriages, and this is, by the way, more and more, and even in a world today where the wife wants the husband to, to work, many more and more we find that wives want the husband to learn as well. Even if you're not going to learn full time, she still wants him to devote significant time to learning because she understands that's going to make him a better husband, a yeah. better father. Her parents may not want it, but she wants it. And that's what counts, right? She wants it and she's willing to support him. She's willing uh, to put her and, money where her mouth and, is. And I'm not criticizing. Obviously, there are plenty of parents who would support it as well. And I don't mean financially. I'm talking about just in general. Uh, it's, it's well understood. Uh, I, the, the remainder of this part of our conversation will be when you visit me here in our studio so we could speak about this live and in person. Uh, but, <laughs> but, but, no, because I, I, think, I think it's fa- a fascinating topic, by the way. Uh, but, it, but, um, uh, but, but the insight is just incredible. I mean, the, I, I understand why there's an attraction there's a uniqueness to the Zera Shimshon. There is a, a a a very rich approach. You know what I mean? There's a like you feel like you're you're getting a a a, a really solid uh, approach um, when 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 you read his material. And I would assume it's across the board, not just on his. Uh, trans- it's across the board. Yeah. It is, and here it's he does it in marriage. He he goes through the entire Asian scale. Every plastic, and it's relevant. Like I said yeah, to you, amazing. it's completely relevant to what's happening right now in our lives. Rabbi Nachman Seltzer is with us. The brand new book, Zerah Shimshon Aishas Chayal. Go to artscroll.com. Make sure to use promo code radio. Major discount, free shipping, artscroll.com. Always use promo code radio. That's the rule. Always use promo code radio at artscroll.com. Rabbi Nachman Seltzer. All right, two more things. I mean, I could do I, I could do every Pusik with you. We literally could sit here all day, but we want people to buy the book, right? Uh, <laughs> uh, we, we, we want people to buy the book. We want them to give the wives a, a, a show of Akar Satayif. What do you we th- want? And all wives should buy this for their mother-in-law. Yeah, good point. I'm telling you, men should buy it for women in their life, and women should buy it for men in their life. I'm telling you, it's for everybody. It's for everybody. It's, it's a real it's, pers- it's a real it's perspective. My daughter, my daughter, Baruch Hashem, became a kala. She's, you know, the, the chasana's elo, and she's you know, running to bring this to her mother-in-law. Yeah. No, I get it. it, it it's, it's an important, uh, it, it's really an important work for the foundation of the Jewish family. Simple as that. So men and women, pick up the book and enjoy it. Uh, two more quick things. Um... What do you think? I'm just curious of your opinion. Uh, what, what do you, and I don't mean it in a critical way. I'm just like, what, what's the first thing that comes to mind when you hear this? What do you think of the Midrash that Avraham Avinu, our father Abraham, wrote Aisha Schael for our mother Sarah? What, what do you mean? What's the question? I don't know. What do you think? Like, it, it, I mean, it, I, I'm not, I don't mean historically whether it's accurate or not. I'm not questioning a midrash. I'm just saying that it, it's a beautiful concept. They are the first Jewish couple. It would be unbelievable if that's the case of Avraham Avinu wrote it for I, I Sarah. I think it makes complete sense. I think that if, 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 uh, 
One of the most important things in the Jewish world is marriage, like to the point where every third song is about marriage. Right. So then if that is, we glorify marriage. So if that's the case, well, who's the first Jewish couple is Avram and Sarah. So obviously it makes sense that who should be the author of the poem extolling the virtues of the Jewish woman, Avram Avinu. It makes so much sense. It actually is perfect. I mean, it's perfect. Again, I don't know the in and out of it. I don't know the historical yeah, context. I'm just, that's why I'm just, you know, look, you were just immersed in the whole topic. So I'm just curious what comes to mind, how beautiful it is when you hear something like that. That's all. And yeah, and, and what could you tell us about the Zeresh Shimshon or Rabbi Seltzer's uh, approach to Aishas Chayel Biyibza? The whole concept of, I mean, I guess if we would translate it together, it would well, be... Well, Nachum, that's a huge, that's a huge piece of the beginning of the book. That's not like a little <laughs> right. piece there. But, but no, but I want to, <laughs> that's the point I'm trying to make. People need to realize just how unbelievable a question and how unbelievable an introduction that those few words are to Aishas Chayel. Well, that, I think that they're going to have to get in there because that has to do with, with the open. I, I wrote in the book, if you, if you open it up to page, uh, to one of the first pages, yeah, I, I, I wrote over there, I dedicated the book to my wife. Right. And I wrote to my wife, Eliza, right. And that, if you go in there, it has to do with the question they used to ask the Chassan. Are you happy with, uh, with your, with your, um, you know, with your college, you feel that you did well. And you have to go into that. What does that mean? Have you merited to find a good woman? Is it a Messiah right. or is it not? Did right. you do, and, it, and it's a whole question because why are they asking the Chassan this? It's already after he made the decision. Right. I understand you're asking this on the on before, but why after? Right. And you got to go, this is really the crux of, of the question facing every Chassan when he makes his decision. By the way, because this is really the big decision, like probably the most important decision you're ever going to make yep. is who are, you know, when you decide who you're marrying, yep. of course, for boys and for girls, it is the most important decision of your life. It right. sets the future of your life. What type of family, what type of children, what type of home, what type of life are you going to have? Supportive, someone who stands by you as a bedrock of your home, a partner, a friend, or you can have someone who's a, a, an opponent. And this is a real question. Must, must or might say and, and the really, all we, we were hoping for is that it's going to be the Asian child, going to be the, your best friend, your, your, your queen. And uh, so that's why I don't understand yeah. that. I mean, you, you got to open up the safer, look inside. And, and tonight, uh, this Friday night, tomorrow night, you know, and all, tw- and all the half a million people listening right now to Nacho Siegel buy the safer. Yep. And they sit down at the Shabbat table and they start getting into it. They'll understand what it's talking about. Miyimsa. You know, Shlomo Melch wrote, Shlomo Melch was the wisest, I mean, Shlomo Melch wrote Mishlei, and he's the wisest of all uh, people. So you got to give him a little credit over here. By the way, that's interesting, because you said Abnavino wrote it, but we know Shlomo Melch wrote it in Mishlei, so no, maybe Melch got it from Abnavino. Right, I'm saying that that's, you know, again, you have to take Midrash in, in a certain vein, but just the fact that it's said, you know, I, I thought, it, you know, it, it's a beautiful concept. First Jewish couple, and this is, you know, how they establish their relationship with this incredible appreciation of each other and, and, and manifests in, in, in these incredible words by Avram Avino. But, of course, it's a Shlomo Amel. It, it's a, it's a, the, the rights are owed by Shlomo Amel. <laughs> Maybe Shlomo Amel was doing for Avram Avino what I did to the Zerashim show. There you go. You see? I don't, know which, uh, I don't know which radio show he went on to be interviewed about it, but uh, but that's a very big possibility. So we, we can and saying, I'm sure you'll say this publicly, 
because those of us who really have an Aisha's Chayel are so thankful to the one above. You would not have 40 books if not for your Aisha's Chayel. I, I, I tell this to everyone. My partner is my, my wife is my partner, my full yep. partner in every way. Yep. You know, that's what I, I, she, she is the one who takes care of the home. She's the one who, like, she's my, my partner. Like, there's nothing to talk about. So for me, it was obvious, like, who am I going to dedicate? It was obvious. I've been waiting to dedicate this book yep. to her. It was and, like, to me, a special thing. And I, you know, to, for, to open it up and see that. Yeah. It was a surprise. And as I've said a million times, I would have none of this without my Ishes Chayel. So there's uh, something to be said. Some of us really do, thank God, uh, uh, appreciate uh, those in our lives who um, who are such important forces and are such important uh, pieces to our uh, uh, to our existence. Frankly, and primary among primary among them, our spouses. In this case, our wives. Uh, Rabbi you Seltz. Know, you know what they say? Nachum. They say like you know, celebrities. They have a very hard time. Um, I'm staying grounded. They they just don't. They become you know arrogant and they just lose touch with with the, with the way the world really is. But you know the Jewish celebrity, you know, he goes to a concert. Let's say he's singing in front of twenty thousand people. He comes home and his next house says, "Take out the garbage." <laughs> he is in touch with reality. He is a grounded man because he has an Asian sky. He doesn't let him forget. He's just a regular person, and he shouldn't forget it. No question about it. Uh, whether it's garbage or any other task, <laughs> they're they're all important and they all keep help us keep a perspective. That I think you're right about that. Rabbi Nachman Seltzer, Zera Shimshon, Aishas Chayel, everybody. The safer the stories, the schoola. Looking for a schoola? You may want to uh, you may want to explore this uh, selections from Safer Zera Shimshon, the classic Safer by 18th century rubber of Shimshon Chaim Nachmani. And uh, again, it's on Aishas Chayel. Go to artsworld.com. Make sure to use promo code radio artsworld.com. Promo code radio, Rabbi. Seltzer, always a pleasure to speak with you and Mazal Tov to you and your Thank wife you so much. on this brand Thank new book. Thank you. Thank you, Rav Always, always so much fun to be here. I'm telling you, I'm looking forward to the time when we can sit down again in person. If you remember, we met at Eric's yes, yes. in, uh, in Tel Aviv that time. Yes. But it would be great to meet again face to face and uh, really have a l'chaim together. And as a sham, we look forward to sharing simcha together. Amen. Thank you so much. Mazel tov on your simcha. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank Be you. well. Rabbi Nachman Seltzer, everybody. Zereshim Shonesh Yishchayel. Artscroll.com. Make sure to use promo code radio. More coming up. It's JM in the AM. Oh, 
Yeah. <laughs> 